This podcast is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, award-winning wealth managers who go above and beyond to support and guide you. Visit candowealth.com to start building your wealth with confidence. Hello and welcome to Coffeehouse Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Katie Balls and I'm joined by Fraser Nelson and James Hussain. And we have news just in, courtesy of James's exclusive, that number 10 policy chief Manira Mirza has quit her role. James, why is that? So she is, Manira Mirza, who is the head of a Downing Street policy unit, she's worked with Boris Johnson for 14 years. Mm-hmm. She has quit over his Jimmy Savile attack on Keir Starmer on Monday. She says, I believe it was wrong for you to imply this week that Keir Starmer was personally responsible for allowing Jimmy Savile to escape justice. There was no fair or reasonable basis for that assertion. This was not the normal cut and thrust of politics. It was an inappropriate and partisan reference to a horrendous case of child sex abuse. You tried to clarify your position today, but despite my urging, you did not apologise for the misleading impression you gave. And I think what this shows is how badly this Jimmy Savile line has gone down, even with those who are hugely close to Boris Johnson. You know, Boris Johnson named Manira Mirza as one of the five women in the world who had had the most profound influence on him. And I think it also shows something else, Boris Johnson's inability to apologise. That you know, She says in her resignation letter that she had urged him to kind of apologise, take the remark back. And he kind of half walked it back today, but didn't really. I think that there is such upset about this remark because, you know, Tories feel that it is such a mistake. First of all, this is the worst possible moment for Boris Johnson to be arguing that leaders are responsible for everything that happens in their organisation when you've got the police investigating events in Downing Street. And secondly, it's just feeling it demeans the office of Prime Minister. There are some subjects that are not appropriate for kind of political attack lines. And I think for her to go is, is, a, is a big loss to Downing Street, a big loss to Boris Johnson, and, and makes you realise how his decision to go on the attack on Monday has fundamentally weakened his position. Fraser, this week has been interesting because it's supposed to be Boris Johnson's fight back, yet many of the things he's been talking about, so for example, um, bringing in Linton Crosby. Linton Crosby has since said, you know, played down his role, said he'll help any Tory prime minister, not exactly gushing in praise for Boris Johnson. When it comes to the number 10 uh, new secretary, we understand that Antonio Romero has turned that down. How much is a blow to the prime minister that Manira Mirza, one of his longest allies, doesn't even want to work in number 10 now? Well, this is a huge blow coming, as you say, Katie, in a week where he's trying to present himself to be in recovery position. We had the levelling up plan yesterday and released to pretty mixed reviews. But to have one of his biggest loyalists, that's the thing. I mean, right now, seeing the number of people leaving number 10, I'm reminded of the Donald Trump presidency, where there was a while where the White House was characterised, but all of these people coming out of the door saying they couldn't work with this guy anymore. Now, when you start to get people who've been with him for 14 years she's been with right at his side easily the most powerful woman in number 10 she had the policy um, she was there to shape what ought to have been his post-covid agenda now the big question facing boris johnson is does he have any ideas beyond brexit now that covid's under is there any reason for the tories to keep him hanging around so that's the question we ask in the spectator's leading article this week it would be Munira mirza who as his policy chief would be the person thinking yes we've got lots of things to do here 
but it seems even she has given up. I'm struck by the reason she's had to walk out here. The Jimmy Savile joke was, was, you know, pretty bad. But was it really enough to quit over? I think there'll be a lot more to this. She will have looked fundamentally at the Boris Johnson project and think, thought to herself, this is going nowhere. I don't think she was so outraged over this joke that she had to, had to resign. I think there'll be a whole bunch of things. This will have been the final straw for her. And I think that when your old allies really think the game is up, then who does he have left? I also am very sceptical about the idea that he's going to rejuvenate. When he was mayor of London, he had a shaky start, and then he managed to correct himself, getting all these deputy mayors in. And people like Manira, by the way, she joined him in City Hall. She was an incredibly effective uh, influence there. And um, I don't think, though, that two years on, he can really correct it. This does look terminal to me. And to have somebody like her, David Frost, another very, very close ally, left only a few weeks ago, and you do wonder, if the Boris loyalists have lost faith in this project, then who is there who's still got faith? Fraser, which Boris Johnson lawyers do you think are left? I mean, Manira Mers' husband, Dougie Smith, as far as we know, works for the Prime Minister unless they've left together. Yes, they were a power couple. And as far as, um, as, far as I know, he is still there. Though we have to ask how much longer he's going to be there for. I mean, I imagine when they're sitting having dinner tonight and she's saying that guy is going nowhere, uh, he'll probably come to that conclusion as well. So I'm really racking my brains now trying to think how many people who believed originally in the Boris Johnson project are still around Boris Johnson. You do have Nadine Doris. I mean, she sticks out as a, a true believer. But the um, but, but I think it's quite significant that Linton, even Linton Crosby isn't going back into number 10. He's advising Boris Johnson. But um, Linton Crosby's friends will tell you that he's absolutely not going to go back into what he regards as a madhouse. He might give advice. He's a consultant. That's what consultants do. But does he want to leave his consultancy and go and help put Boris on the right path? I don't think so, because I think he believes, even Linton Crosby, who's known Boris for years and helped him in City Hall, also believes that this particular project is now irredeemable. I think one of the things worth noting about this is that, that Boris Johnson's... Uh, the, the allies, people out defending Boris Johnson the most aggressively now are Nadine Doris, Jacob Rees-Mogg. I am not sure they are helping him. This morning in the House of Commons, Jacob Rees-Mogg didn't just double down on the Keir Starmer attack. He kind of tripled down on the Keir Starmer attack, saying, you know, what source for the goose is source for the gander, you know, launching into a big defence of it. Nadine Doris is regularly attacking anyone, any Tory MP who sends a letter and who criticises him. You know, she had a jibe the other day at the pork pie plotters. This is not helping. And I think this is one of the problems is that I think Boris Johnson is getting very aggressive advice from some people about how to fight back, come out swinging, get on the front foot, all this stuff. It isn't helping. I think they need to recalibrate how they are trying to handle this. He needs to be more contrite, to be more prime ministerial in how he behaves and not do things like this Jimmy Savile thing. And when he does do them, apologise. He hates apologising, but sometimes an apology is actually your least worst option. But Fraser, there does appear to be little in the way of contrition. Yes, the Prime Minister's apologised, but every time he apologises over Partygate, you don't get the strong sense he's staying up at night thinking about how sorry he is. And then you look, for example, at the Jimmy Savile um, situation, and he did take back some of what he said in an interview earlier, and suggesting that he wasn't saying it was Keir Starmer personally responsible, but not withdrawing his remarks, which he was pressed to do in the House yesterday. And then when, as James says, you look at Nadine Doris, Jacob Rees-Mogg, some of the shadow whipping operation and the briefing against the pork pie plot 
starters. It does feel as though they've gone for a scorched earth policy when it comes to those rebelling against Boris Johnson rather than trying to bring people back into the tent. So is the Prime Minister now running out of road? He doesn't do apologies, Boris Johnson. He has a philosophy that one must never apologise. When he was spectator editor, one of his advice to his successors was to never apologise no matter how bad things get. But and here, this seems to have lost him, Manira Mirza, by the way. It seems that she, from her letters, it suggests that she might have stayed had he said that he, he got it wrong with, um, with the Jimmy Savile. Yeah, I think she tech. says in the letter that you, know, you are, as a, in that statement, the Prime Minister in the, the Batchbox House Commons, you're under huge pressure. In that statement, he was under under you know, even greater pressure than, than normal. You know, almost uh, all the opposition benches shouting at him resign. You know, I think you could have come out and said, look, I'm sorry, the, the, the situation got to me and I said something I regretted. I think his complete refusal to do that is, is what has led to her departure. So what now for Boris Johnson, Fraser? We've had that trickle of letters this week. I think that... Probably this week has gone worse than some expected for the Prime Minister, given we only got part of the Sue Gray report. Do you think the Manira Merza resignation is going to trigger a crisis in Downing Street? I mean, you could say Downing Street's been in crisis for months now, but this crisis does seem to come in waves. Is he now in danger imminently? I wouldn't... um put it quite like that. I think, as you say, number 10 has been a zone of the walking dead for quite some time now. I mean, even the Prime Minister's hanging out in his um, parliamentary office. I think Manira Mirza probably left because of number 10 was, um, as a, a, a wrecking ball, put through it as an organisation. She'll have worked out, is it recoverable? And then figured it isn't. So I think her going is more of a symptom than an accelerant of Boris Johnson's uh, demise. And also, let's face it, she is a policy advisor. I mean, she was, she's, she, obviously, she's, she's quite well known. She chaired up the Race Commission, which was quite groundbreaking. But she isn't a household name. So she's le- less known than David Frost. Only sort of criminologists like us will look at her and think, my God, this is one of Boris's like top 10 loyalists. And if she is walking, then that's quite significant. I think generally speaking, he is still kept in power by the way that his party is still at sixes and sevens as to whether now is the right time to trigger a leadership election if Rishi Sunak and Liz Truss aren't ready for it. Also, you've got the police investigation and the consensus had been let's wait until the Met report on Partygate and then work out whether to stink of a knife in or not. We also have news just in which suggests that Boris Johnson is pressing on. Uh, He has now appointed Andrew Griffith, his PPS, um, who is going to also be Minister for Policy and Head of the Prime Minister's Policy Unit in the cabinet office James I'm telling you that as it happens what do you make of that appointment that is a member of the 2019 intake so yeah Andrew Griffiths is close to Boris Johnson he famously lent Boris Johnson's house for Boris Johnson's leadership bid he has a, a beautiful house in, in Westminster and you know putting an MP in charge of the, of the policy unit is something that David Cameron did it's a kind of way of kind of trying to rebuild relations with the parliamentary party. It's also worth noting that Andrew Griffiths is very close to Dan Rosenfield, uh, the controversial Downing Street chief of staff, who, who, is, who is, I think it is fair to say, not unanimously uh, popular in that building. I think, though, that the, the speed at which this announcement has been made, Andrew Griffiths is, is, is a, uh, an interesting thinker, but the speed at which this announcement has been made slightly smacks of panic. And I think one of the concerns that lots of people have is that Boris Johnson suggested to Tory MPs a, a big clear out of Downing Street. 
But there is a problem with that, which is there are doubts about who Boris Johnson could persuade to come into Downing Street at this juncture. It is hardly the most appealing place to go and work. I mean, look at the fact that Linton Crosby is keen to say that he'll be on the end of the phone, not in the building itself. And I think this is going to be a problem for them. If they really want to go and hire a whole bunch of new people, who are they going to be able to hire? And will they have a kind of wow factor that will make Tory MPs think, we should give this more time. I think one other thing I would say about Minera Mercer's departure is, you know, she is a member of the Downing Street operation who is popular among MPs. Since we broke the news of her departure, I've had several messages from MPs lamenting what bad news it is. Mm. And I suspect that, 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 remember that the most important audience right now for Boris Johnson is MPs. And among them, this departure will be keenly felt. And was that because, James, she was seen as having a tougher line, for example, Manira Mers has often been associated with culture wars if you're trying to work out what her legacy is, for example. And um, I think, for example, we have a piece in the magazine this week by James Heal on the Zach Pack, which is more the environmental side of things. And I think that, how would you describe Manira Mers's um what she's seen to represent amongst MPs is almost the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, and she, she you know, as, as Fraser said, she had a role in the Race Commission, which basically, you know, tried to like, point out that the story of race in Britain is more complex than it is sometimes portrayed as. She has been big on the idea that, you know, you shouldn't kind of rip down statues and try and, and, and airbrush history, that, you know, you should teach it in the round. But I also think that this is one of these things that matters almost the most in politics, is on a personal level, she is thoughtful, she is responsive, she is not one of these macho my way of a highway downing street people who sometimes put the backs up of mps and finally fraser there are some who would say you know to play devil's advocate there hasn't been that much policy coming from downing street since boris johnson entered so do you think manira mers's departure means there's going to be even less or does andrew griffiths stand a chance well there's two reasons for that one is that there hasn't been much scope to do much while we've been in and out of lockdown so this was always going to be a post-covid agenda. And Boris Johnson has been boasting about the indecent amount of great stuff he's got um, coming on once he turns that page. Well, none of it's going to be coming from Minira Merzer, who, as we were saying, is quite well regarded by Tory MPs. Her presence in number 10 made a lot of them think, well, there might be something radical happening. Also, her her approach on cultural issues with um, race relations, the way that she's gone after the race relations industry, very popular amongst the Red Wall MPs, very popular amongst young Conservatives, for whom this is the main political dividing line, but it was not popular amongst um, others in number 10, not popular amongst uh, Carrie Johnson, Boris's wife, who is a bit of a, a workaholic when it comes to um, looking at these um, these issues. She, she would rather the party did not pick fights. So there was there were always at sixes and sevens, do we activate the Manira Mirza agenda or not? Do the Conservatives become the party that's dedicated it defines itself in opposition to identity politics, to um, critical race theory. Um, Kemi Bednach, who was the, um, the the minister pursuing this, worked very closely with Minera, and the two of them were thinking, yes, this is conservatism for our day and age. We must absolutely fight this agenda. But in number 10, there are other forces around the Prime Minister thinking, no, Manira is just, she's got too much of a fist for a fight. Let's just keep her quiet. Let's downplay her influence. So I think that Manira's influence, unfortunately, um, was not as great as it was when she was first appointed. I imagine that's also a factor in her departure. And James, just briefly, you mentioned MPs messaging after the story that you broke. Do you think this is going to lead to more letters going in? What makes a letter go in is, is an imprecise science, and there's always a, a variety of factors involved. I think what it does do is, you know, yesterday was meant to be a day when the government 
turn the page, you know, levelling up was meant to show its domestic agenda. Yesterday in Westminster, and Victoria MPs felt more about the number of letters that went in than anything else. Today, the government and Rishi Sunak announced a significant cost of living intervention, try and help people with their energy bills. And instead, I think today will again be about domestic dramas in number 10 because of Manila Moza quitting over Jimmy Savile. And the thing I keep thinking is how self-inflicted this all is. You know, Boris Johnson didn't need to say what he said about Keir Starmer and Jimmy Savile. It was, it was, it was unnecessary. It was un- prime ministerial. He could have walked it back at Prime Minister's questions on Wednesday as several Tory MPs urged him to do so. He didn't do so. And, and this, is, this, this is all a drama of his own creation. It is amazing to see a government being so rocked and roiled, not by some great policy split, you know, should, should, should the UK be in the exchange rate mechanism or not, but, but over a series of such seemingly small issues where there has been a blunder and the refusal to kind of own up to the blunder and move on, it has made the problem so much worse than it needed to be. I suspect we haven't heard the last of Manira Mirza. She's an incredibly talented and force of nature. It wouldn't surprise me if she'd run for London mayor one of these days. She always struck me as somebody to be a very good candidate. And I think that she has got a lot more to give. And I think we're going to be hearing a lot more from her in the same way we've been hearing from David Frost in the last few weeks. We'll be hearing more from her, I think, in the next few weeks. Thank you, Fraser. Thank you, James. And thank you for listening.